My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Competitor Nation, Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and excited about today's brand new episode with my new friend, Heather Monahan. Heather is an author, keynote speaker, and podcaster, and we discuss today her journey. Her journey from failure, her journey from running from uncomfortable and bad situations, how she was able to bounce back and build a successful business while helping others create confidence. We're going to talk about the building the right mentality for adversity teaching people how to treat us, how to create better conditions for ourselves, and the importance of accountability. So all of that and more, as well as a dive into Heather's brand new book, Overcoming Your Villains, which I think you're going to enjoy, we've linked to in the show notes. So stay tuned. At the end of the episode, Heather gives everyone a quick giveaway and special offer if you dive in and pre-order her book, Overcome Your Villains. So find out how at the end of this episode. And if you missed the big announcement on Monday, we just dropped a brand new November-inspired I Can collection. We've got a new set and new series with Greatness is Earned that you'll see in some bright new colors and standard colors as well. Shirts, t-shirts, tanks, crops, and then additionally our women's exclusive I Can Do Hard Things. It's that mentality that you can take on the challenges. You will overcome them if you show up and keep competing every day. And like always, we drop gear that's designed to empower you, but more importantly, remind you of what you're capable of. You don't need outside sources. You don't need some fancy guru. You don't need a lucky break or a magic moment. You just got to show up and compete because you're capable of winning the day every day. Build your mindset, go build your best life. And so these new shirts are designed to remind you that greatness is earned, that winners aren't waiting on things to be handed to them. They're going out doing the work every day to build the life they want. And then the reminder that you can do hard things. You can take on those challenges. You can overcome them. So check out the new drops at the store. You can save yourself 15% off any order with the code podcast. That will give you a little bit of savings and that will help support the podcast and show. And we love seeing you out in Competitor Nation wearing that gear. So head on over to CompeteEveryDay.com. Check out the newest gear. Load up before the holiday season. And if you're looking for a new way to start every day better, be sure to join the Morning Motivation Club. All you have to do is text the word podcast to 972-945-9113. That's code word podcast to 972-945-9113. And you will be entered into the Morning Motivation Club and get a text every single day from me to start your day better, stronger, and more focused on intentionally winning it. All you got to do is text to enter, and those are two fantastic ways to support the show and all of the free content I'm here producing for you each and every week. To get in touch with me, drop me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. But now let's focus on the show and how we're going to get better today, building more confidence, tackling adversity, and overcoming our villains with Heather Monahan. 
Heather, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to today's conversation. I have to give a shout out to past guest Jordan Montgomery for the connection. He was raving about you, which got me excited because having talked to Jordan, and I know you have, his energy is pretty infectious. And so when he's getting excited talking about someone or something, it's hard not to be. So very much looking forward to today's conversation uh, and getting to dive into you. As we kick off, one of the things I'm curious about is where does your confidence come from? That's a good question. You know, it's changed dramatically over the past few years. I used to be in corporate America my entire career until four years ago. And so it used to come externally. And I'm not going to say that it doesn't sometimes, you know, sometimes that does happen now, which that's not my goal. Right. But um, sometimes there are moments where I allow it to come from outside me, but I would say much more so now at this point in my life, my confidence comes from the multitude of times through my life and my career, I've hit really low, low moments and found ways to come back again. And the more I do that, which I know it sounds a little crazy to say this, but the more I do that, the more I just have this real belief in myself that, holy cow, if I was able to get through that, there's nothing that's taking me down. And it just, it feels really solid. I love that. Well, and it ties into the importance of a couple of things. One, just how certain situations and adversities that we don't ask for, if we go through them with the right mentality, can strengthen us and help build some of that resolve. And then of not allowing that setback, that difficult situation, that challenge to be the final piece of our chapter, to continue writing. So I want to flash back a little bit because I've had a chance on a couple of interviews that you've done in the past as I was preparing for today's show hearing some of those setbacks and challenging moments that, that pivoted you along the way. And what I would love to know is, one, take us kind of an overview of, of your journey a little bit through that corporate America before you, you launched out now, kind of doing this other thing on your own. But as you're going through it, what I would love to hear is how you allowed yourself or chose not to be the victim of life circumstances, but continue to at least moving forward, move forward instead of just sitting in neutral? Well, I'll tell you, that really goes back to how I grew up. I grew up poor. And when you grow up poor, you know, for anyone that's listening that grew up poor, they probably are similar in that the one thing you know is that you don't want to be poor. So it, there's a real strong driver there that's just intrinsic from a very young age. And so for me, I started a paper route when I was like nine or 10 and then busing tables, you know, when I was 12 and 13 and then fast food restaurants when I was 15. And that took me into waitressing and bartending. And ultimately what I was learning was sales skills right through my whole childhood. I was learning how to upsell customers, how to get repeat customers, how to raise prices and, and deliver great customer service. So by the time I graduated college, I started work for the Gala Winery you know, I had a lot of sales experience. I didn't know it at the time, but I was very financially driven because I didn't want to be poor, you know, where I'd come from. And I had all these years logging time in, at, you know, in the restaurant business and in paper routes that really, you know, prepped me up to be one step ahead of everybody else when, when I started in the wine business. Unfortunately, I became the number one salesperson my first year there. I got promoted and I ended up working for a not nice person who was sexually harassing me. And I was very young at the time. I think I was 21 or 22. 
And I didn't have a lot of confidence and I was petrified of not making money. So I just decided I'll just quit because if I get this stigma of sexual harassment, you know, this was years ago, obviously. And I was really scared. I didn't want that label that someone would think I did something wrong or don't hire her because you'll have a problem at your business. So I, I basically ran away from the problem, which, you know, is disappointing now when I look back, you know, at 47 years old, I wish I had handled myself differently. I didn't have the wherewithal at the time. So I just went out, I went to a, an event and started chatting people up. I met an owner of a bunch of radio stations. He said, you should work for me. I said, you can't afford me. He said, throw out a number and Google did not exist back then. That's how long ago this was. And I said, $80,000. And he said, great, start tomorrow. So that was the first of many times I would undervalue myself with this man in particular, but he ended up being a great guy. He mentored me. I went to work for him. I became the number one seller my first year there. And then my boyfriend I lived with cheated on me. And so I went to work and I was a disaster. You know, I was in my early 20s. I thought I was getting married. I, you know, I had to move out of his house. I, I didn't know where I was going to go. And my boss sat down with me and said, listen to me, this sounds like a great opportunity. Would you be willing to get on a plane with me not knowing where you're going? I'm going to drop you off there. You're only moving there for money and for the reputation and experience you're going to create but I'm gonna make you a very rich young lady and you're gonna do an amazing job and make me millions of dollars. And I had just been cheated on. I didn't wanna ever see my boyfriend again. So I said, where do I sign up? Let's go. And I'm so out. It, it was one of those funny moments that you know someone had told me in that moment, you're gonna be so grateful this man cheated on you. I would have never believed it, right? But again, fast forward to now, you can't see the dots connecting at the time. You can only see when you look back. So this is one of those moments for me that when I face adversity or face challenges, I think back and say, I can't see these dots connecting yet. There's something bigger than me here. I've just got to pursue it to find out what's going to happen. Can I, I want to ask you a few questions on that. Uh, one, growing up working in the hospitality industry can mold sales skills, like you said, or it can make you jaded of how people and a lot of very entitled people treat people in hospitality. I'm curious coming out of that, how you maintain, because to be good in sales, you have to be able to build rapport and relationships. And, and I've heard you talk like you hustle hard. Uh, I know the reputation, like you got out and outwork people. How did you carry, I would say that drive that productive mindset and instead of allowing maybe how certain people treat people in the hospitality industry to kind of become almost a thorn in your side for like, I'm going to get out and get people. Well, here's what I've learned is that you're always teaching people how to treat you. So when I began to understand that, right, because, and I am sure there's someone in your life that you're like, this person treats me terrible, but then you see that person treating someone else like a queen and you're thinking, wait a minute, he treats this person great and me terribly. Something's off here. That means that person has the potential to treat you better, right? So I started learning when I was younger that you're creating the conditions around you, right? I can't change the other person, but I can change how I respond. I can change how I show up. And so in some ways you become a chameleon in sales, right? There's some almost bully-like customers that you could deal with in, in hospitality or in media or wherever, in whatever business you know I've been in. And I learned to those people, I had to step up with a force. I had to really show up as a bold version of myself. 
versus there are some people that are very timid and they get intimidated and you can't approach them in that regard. You need to speak to them more on their level. So I just learned over time, I'm always teaching people how to treat me. So take a moment on your approach, whether it's waiting tables or, you know, in a business meeting, and if you can do your homework ahead of time, do that because that's very helpful and, and you're set up for, you set yourself up for success in that regard. But if you can't and you're just on the spot, analyze, notice everything. How is the person standing? You know, what are they dressed like? Who are they speaking to? Um, if I'm in their office, what pictures are in the office? I do a real quick deep dive on that person and, you know, trust your gut, trust your instinct, which I really trust mine when it comes to interfacing with people. And so I can tell pretty quickly if someone's excited to meet me, if I put a big smile on and there's no smile coming back, right? That means something. And, and there's a, a number of things that could mean, but I have a lot of experience now dealing with people after you know a few decades doing it that I trust that, okay, that person's not smiling back. Something bad could have happened in their life today. I don't know that, right? So now I've got to get them to empty their glass to me. So I'm going to start asking curious, open-ended questions. You know, and one of the things, Jake, that is really powerful in sales is you can actually elicit dopamine in another person's brain if you ask really interesting questions about that person. People love to talk about themselves. They, they get joy from it. They, their brain excretes dopamine. This is fact. There's so many case studies on this. So the more you engage that person in that fashion, in that manner, the more they're going to empty their glass to you and you're going to find out what's really going on and they're going to start liking you. One of the things you just mentioned there, I'm curious about if you really had this mentality from day one, is that curiosity. Have you always been a curious individual? Because as you said, it, it's easy to evaluate situations. We see somebody, they're not smiling. Maybe they've got closed off body language. And the brain starts to paint different stories of what they're doing based on our own experience that can lead us down the wrong path versus what you said of being curious, asking questions. Have you always been a curious from when you were a kid growing up till now? I don't remember. I'll be honest with you. I had a tough childhood. I don't really remember all that much about my childhood. So I can't give you an honest no. answer on that. But I, I mean, once I was savvy enough to understand, I sure did. I don't know if that was, you know, innate within me, but it's definitely been something that I fine tuned and, and I really zero in on, you know, the, the more that I've practiced it. One thing that I learned about you that I found fascinating was how frequently you go over your goals, how frequently you're, you're sitting down aligning. I believe you, you're looking at them every week. You're kind of pulling your head out of, out of the forest. Every day. No, every, every they're right here next to me. They're, I can see them right here. And every day, every morning, I, if I can't, that's a fail in my mind, right? If I'm not reading my goals and they're very, very specific, they have deadlines, you know, they're very actionable. If I'm not familiarizing myself with what I'm attempting to do or trying to do, there's a real high probability it's not gonna happen, right? So first of all, writing goals down, everybody writes down their grocery list. So few people that I know write down what they want to achieve in the next couple of months before the end of the year. That's crazy to me. My goals are way more important than my grocery list. I'd rather forget my kids' potato chips than forget that I want to be a number one Wall Street Journal bestseller. Why do you think so many of us and so many people in general either don't write down their goals or they do write them down, but they don't consistently review them like you do? There's a couple of different reasons I believe for that. One is people tell themselves a false narrative, right? Like I've got to do more for others. I've got to show up better for my child. My child's important. They deflect to what's happening around them, family, friends, what, you know, whatever it is and put themselves last. 
right? Which is really a sign of low confidence or low self-esteem. The other thing is people get in routines. Some routines are good. Some routines are not so good. So I, I believe it's just subconscious. They're not even really thinking about, you know, they start out at the beginning of the year. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to take this initiative on. And then over a month or two months, they get back into an old routine. And to break a routine takes a lot of commitment. It takes holding yourself accountable. I believe reporting into somebody else is a great way You know, have an accountability partner to really keep you there. Writing yourself reminders. I reverse engineer goals. I put things on social media when I wanted to write my second book and I wasn't doing it. I just wasn't doing it. I, I needed to, but I just didn't want to take it on. I posted, I'm writing my second book. I'm so excited because I knew I would get an influx of people asking me, when does it come out? What is it about? How much is it going to cost? You know, making it real. So the more real you can make things, the more you can hold yourself accountable, the more you can change your habits so that you can follow through on your commitments. I'm curious about your experience along those lines, uh, because there's sometimes there's a fine line. And I'm wondering if you've identified of, you know, when we say, hey, I'm going to go run a marathon and you get all the support. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Can't wait. And we get our brain gets tricked into get it, giving us some of those dopamine hits as if we've already achieved the reward. And a lot of people kind of falter off and fail at that point. They talk about the goal, they get all the praise and encouragement. And then because they've gotten the praise and encouragement, they don't go through kind of the difficulty of the process. Where have you found that that public commitment's been very important from you from an accountability standpoint? And then where have you seen sometimes that public announcement might not be the right fit or have you? I've never personally experienced what you just explained for that person. If there is a person listening that would do that, that would announce something and then just feel happy enough that other people are excited for them and do nothing with it. That's a different kind of a personality than I am, right? I'm an overachiever type A personality. To me, that pressure of other people saying, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. That puts more pressure on me. So it starts with, you have to know yourself. Right. And if you know that you're a person that if you put something out to the world and you get great feedback, you just might not do it. Then what instead you should do is write out the action steps needed to achieve the goal and post about the action steps. Right. I'm going to run three miles today. I'd love it if everybody um, would ask me tomorrow how that run went or, you know, but break it down to steps because it sounds like that person's just envisioning the big dream, but not taking the action steps. That would not happen in my life, but if it does happen for other people, focus then on whatever your challenge is. And if it's the action step, write that down and focus on that next step and hold yourself accountable to those small steps first. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I agree hundred percent with that. I mean, the, the more we break down the goal in the process, the more likely we are to achieve it. It's interesting that Jeff Hayden wrote a book called the motivation myth that dives into some of that factor of how the brain will secrete that dopamine and give us a sense of reward without doing it. Sometimes when we talk about it, which catches people in that trap. But, but what I loved about you is you look at it from a standpoint of, I want the pressure. I want the accountability. I, I want the consequences of I've told these people I'm going to do this and I'm a person that follows through with my commitment. So I'm going to do it because I don't want to let them down. That encourages and calls you upward in that sense to go after those big goals because you know people are relying on you, which is a very important concept for a lot of our listeners. One thing I'm curious about with you is what inspired you to really be the, the individual that helps empower people with confidence? You, you, your course, you, you've got a book, it's The Confidence Creator. Tell me where that specific purpose came from in your life and where you saw a need in helping others with it. I'll tell you, it's like anything. I, there was no big plan. There was no master plan for this, right? I was fired 
four years ago for my chief revenue officer position, I had a non-compete, non-solicit on the media business for a year and a half. So I had to start over somewhere as a rookie, right? I had to leave at the height of a career as an expert and go start over somewhere as a rookie. And the first thing I did when I got fired was I posted, I took action. I posted, I've just been fired. If I've ever helped you, I need to hear from you now. That post went viral. Froggy from the Elvis Duran show tweeted at me, hey, if I can help, let me know. I tweeted right back, right? Because you want to convert opportunities in the moment before people move on. And I tweeted back at him, get me on the show. Not knowing, I had no idea why I wanted to go on the show other than I need to get out of the bubble that I'm currently living in, the media bubble, right? Because I couldn't compete in that arena anymore. I had to find opportunity outside of it. I figured if I can get on a big show, maybe I'll meet some people in new industries that can open some doors for me. So I flew to uh, New York. I was on the Elvis Duran show. Halfway through the interview, he says to me, Heather, obviously you're writing a book, but I wasn't. I wasn't writing a book. There was no master plan. And what I want people to know is, and I've only learned this recently, successful people don't know the how, they just bet on themselves to figure it out along the way. Sort of like how I, I put the post up, I jumped on the plane. I didn't know what was gonna happen. But in that moment when Elvis Duran, someone so successful, light years ahead of me, had this conviction and this confidence in me, I basically grasped that confidence and I ran with it. So he, you can change another person's trajectory of their life in, in the comments and conviction that you hand them. He handed me that confidence and conviction. I jumped on a plane. I Googled, how do you write a book? And it says, you just have to sit down and write, like don't overthink it. And, and I just been fired. I had plenty of time. So I you know, got home, I started writing. And the first couple of days I wrote about how much I hated the lady that fired me. But then I started remembering other times that I'd hit real low moments in my life. And I thought, I wonder if there's similarities here. And so I, I wrote about the boyfriend that cheated on me. I wrote about the recession and having to let, you know, a quarter of our staff, all these different times. And finally I said, you know what I'm writing about? I'm writing about bouncing back from adversity and building confidence. And so that's what started me down that path. And then I also believe that your marketplace, your community will always give you the data that you need. So I would start posting about things that I was writing about to see, does this resonate with people? And when things would really click and I'd get great feedback, I thought, okay, keep down this path. So it wasn't that there was a big master plan that I, I'm going to go help teach the world how to create confidence and launch a podcast and a TED talk. And, you know, there was no big plan for any of this. It just unfolded one step at a time. As a lot of great things do, but obviously you put in the work about putting those pieces together and continuing to build and grow and, and find and serve that audience. One thing you talked about there is, is the books on bouncing back and a lot of times we can fall victim and trapped with pointing the finger at other people. And sometimes other people have the majority of the responsibility in our situation, but there's always sometimes a 1% even that we may have to own some actions and things that we didn't do well. How do we become people, confident individuals that can look at a situation as disappointing as it is and own our role in it? but still take that action and ownership and what we're going to do going forward to be different? That's an interesting question. You know, it took me a long time. I, and I'll just use this as an example, you know, to answer your question. When I first got fired, I was so mad at the company, right? I was just so angry that I didn't do anything wrong. I had just been named most influential woman in radio, right? I was doing everything right. How dare they fire me. I'm the overachiever. I'm the one that delivered on all the quotas and budgets and blah, blah, blah. 
So I was so just upset about it that I couldn't ever fathom any role I could have in it. And it took years. I mean, definitely it took at least two years until I got to a point in my life where I started thinking, you know what, maybe she should have fired me because if she was that threatened by me, she was never going to be able to go to work and be a strong leader if she was constantly looking over her back at me. So maybe it's not, I should be mad at them. It should be, obviously she fired me. I was, you know, rising up and I was really starting to explode in, in the, this business arena. Maybe if I had made the decision to dim my light back, I wouldn't have been fired, which is the case. And maybe this was all a gift and a blessing. And maybe in some ways I manifested this by pushing myself to turn my light up, by pushing myself to grow. Maybe this is a thank you I owe this woman, right? And, and really deciding to see it from a different way. But again, Jake, this is not something that happens day one after no. you get your teeth kicked out, right? It took nope. a couple of years. And it even took the, the CEO I worked for for 14 years, which was her father. He passed away a few months ago. And that happening really rocked my world and made me think even more about forgiveness and letting go of upset. So sometimes time is, is the thing that you need to help process. Now you need time, you know, for forgiveness and processing how, you know, the role you play in things, but that doesn't mean you stop taking action, reinventing yourself and building momentum in whatever new thing you are doing. Absolutely. Well, I mean, just like confidence that, that's your wheelhouse, it takes time. It takes repetition. It takes work building that confidence that anything meaningful we're going to do, anything that's going to last is going to take that time of, of every day, taking action, just chipping away and working at it so that, you know, it's not day one, everything changes, but maybe day 1000, everything looks dramatically different. Switching gears slightly, you have a brand new book coming out in just a couple of weeks. I would love to hear, obviously, I know what happened and what inspired the first book, but what has inspired Overcome Your Villains? Why this new book? What is the focus? And really, what can our listeners expect by picking up a copy? Okay, so Overcome Your Villains is a three-step process to empower anyone to overcome any adversity at work or in your life. And what happened was, a couple of years ago, after I'd written my first book, I'd launched my podcast, and I was, you know, I was getting into the speaking business someone who was further ahead in the speaking business than me, an older gentleman called me one day and he said, I wanna help you. He said, one of the things you're not doing that I need you to do is I want you to distill and simplify the process that you've used to create success in different arenas and really articulate that very cleanly, very simplistically and pass that on to your community so they can go replicate what you've done. And I thought, well, I don't know what it is. I have no idea how I do this. I just work really hard. And he said, that's not it, Heather. You need to really think about it. So it took me months. And for months, I would whiteboard, you know, and just like in this situation, what was it that I did? In this situation, what was similar? And it took me months to figure it out. And I essentially ended up figuring it out. And that's the three-step process that I reveal in the new book, which is incredibly powerful. And if for nothing else, buy the book just so you own that three-step process and you can replicate that in your life. And I constantly remind myself when I'm met with adversity, you know, this week I'm met with adversity. I think, okay, Heather, stop dismantle the beliefs to the only piece of fact that is there, or if there is no fact there, dismiss it. Next thing, immediately take action. Next thing, how are you surrounding yourself with knowledge that supports you and, and launches you forward versus holding you back? So the more you repeat this process, the more it becomes second nature and habit to you. 
And the more you can keep busting through these adversity moments and feeling confident that you have the tools to advance you no matter what challenge you face. I love it. I love it. And you've got the audiobook version out coming out same day. Yes. And I did, it was funny. My first book I self-published. And so I just assumed, you know, I, I, I was the audio narrator. My first book, I have a podcast for two years. I just assumed I get the part of Heather Monaghan. Well, my new book is with HarperCollins Leadership. And when I emailed them and said, hey, when can I start recording? They said, what do you mean? You need to audition first. So I had to audition for the part of Heather Monaghan. I'm so pleased to say I won the part of myself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I narrate the audible version. Awesome. As someone that is an audiobook junkie myself, it just gives a different experience. And especially as the author, you can provide sometimes a little extra commentary and thoughts in the audible version that you just don't get in the print. And, and obviously those that have listened to your podcast, like I have, you have an energy to you that sometimes you're trying to put that, that energy and that voice into text, but it comes out so much better in audio. So that's great to hear as well. Listeners will be linking to it in the show notes. Heather, before we go today, tell us the best place to get connected and follow along with your work online. I'm, I'm most active on LinkedIn. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. My podcast is Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. But go right now for your listeners to overcomeyourvillains.com. When they pre-order now, I put together an incentive for anyone that wants to make the investment in the Audible or anything right now. When you do that, you get my $500 bonus bundle for free and it will disappear when the book goes live. So please go now, go now and get this because you're going to get my confidence video course, my overcome your villains workbook. You're going to get the first chapter. You get so much stuff that is, you're not going to get in a couple of weeks. So please get that now so you can have that free gift for you or you can give it to someone you love. I was going to say, you you will get it. We have uh, this episode dropping uh, the first Wednesday in November. The book releases, as you said, November 16th. 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 So you've got about a week and a half uh, to go pick that up. And I want to recommend you to check out Creating Confidence Podcast. Actually, just the other day while I was driving through Florida uh, between speaking gigs, got to listen to your interview with John Azraf and really enjoyed that one as well in terms of uh, brains and thoughts and talk and all of the, the great things that go into our heads that a lot of times if we're not intentional with what our thoughts are and, and how we're talking to ourselves really influence how we show up and, and we don't understand that. So high praise for your podcast. Highly recommend our listeners check that out. Heather, thank you so much for hanging on the show this week. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And thanks, for having me. thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit CompeteEveryday.com.